Let's, let's begin with prayer, and then we'll, we'll dive into this message here today. Lord, thank you. Uh, God, thank you so much for the beautiful day that you've given to us. This is your day. You've made it, and we rejoice uh, in that. We give you thanks for all that you do. Father, thank you for providing salvation for us through Jesus. Um, we will be reflecting on that today, and we're grateful to be able to do that. Lord, I just ask that you would guide my words right now. Um, again, there are times that I come feeling a bit weak, um, but I recognize that when I am weak, you are able to be strong. And I'm thankful that what I communicate today is not my own agenda. It's not my own ideas. Lord, I am here to communicate what you have given to us, what you've revealed to us. So help me just to be faithful to that. I pray that it might be given by your Spirit's power. Encourage us, challenge us, speak to us, Lord, as you know you would like to speak to each and every one of us today. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Take your Bible. Take your Bible and turn to Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to turn in the Bible, which is found in the pew rack in front of you. Uh, Galatians chapter 5. So my, my desire today, and I think I can do it, looking at the clock, I'm like, I think I can do this. Uh, my desire today is to finish chapter 5 of Galatians, okay? So verses 16 through 26. And then next week, um, we will work at, we'll, we'll see how, how long it's going to take to go through chapter 6. I really don't think it's going to take that long. Um, I really don't. I think we might be able to even do it next week. We'll see. I guarantee we'll be done by Easter, okay? <laughs> <clears throat> Just, just reviewing here a bit uh, where we have been in chapter 5. Chapter 5, Paul is talking with the believers in Galatia about circumcision, something that we don't necessarily think a whole lot about or maybe we're not confronted with it in the same way that they were confronted with it. Paul was saying, hey, it's not about circumcision. It's not whether you've been circumcised or not. It is what really counts is faith and and note i'm adding what faith in what faith in christ it is faith in christ expressing itself through love that's what counts and then paul goes on and this is where we went last week he says hey what is important is that you serve one another that you would love one another don't be people that bite each other and devour each other You want to destroy a church? That's your recipe. But if you want to build a church up, then you need to love one another and you need to serve one another. That is how you're going to do this. And that's what Paul is talking about. Now, questions that I have in my mind as as we're working through this book of Galatians, based on what we've just talked about, how do I love well? How do I love well? Do I just try to gather enough willpower and make this happen? And there's people that are easy to love. And there are people, as you know, that are difficult to love. How do I serve well? Again, willpower? Is this just just something i got to do on my own? Just, well, pull up your bootstraps a bit more. Give it a bit more of a go. Paul's talking about this and what comes next. And in light of where we've been in the book of Galatians, 
How do I keep from giving in to my fleshly desires? Paul's been talking about this too. In chapter 5, he said, hey, you are free. But he says, don't use your freedom in Christ as this excuse just to go and indulge in a sinful nature. If you think that you can just go and live however you want, wrong. Wrong. You can't do that. Even buy at a price. Now, honor God with your body. Honor God with your life. How do I do that? Again, is it my own willpower? If I am going to rely on my own willpower, I'm in trouble. And you're in trouble. And then the final question I have is this, as we get ready to go into verses 16 through 26. How do I navigate away from the extremes of legalism and antinomianism? Remember those? Legalism, taking that which is good and making it essential. Antinomianism, there are no moral laws. And both are incorrect. How do, I, how do I balance this? A bunch, everything is a law. Everything is a rule. There are no rules. How do I balance this? Paul's answer to all of these questions that I raised this morning. Life in the Spirit. That is the answer. Life in the Spirit. Speaking to a large audience, D.L. Moody, who was an American evangelist, also the founder of Moody Bible Institute, held up a cup one day with a, a large gathering. He said, how do I pull all of the air out of this cup? How do I pull all of the air that is in here? How do I pull it out? And one of the guys in the audience kind of yelled out, well, you got to somehow suck all the air out. To which D.L. Moody said, if, if you do that, you will create a vacuum and you'll just explode the cup. You can't do that. You can't just suck it out. And there was a few other people who tried to give responses on, here's what you should do. Here's an idea of how you can get the air out of there. And then D.L. Moody had a pitcher of water and began to fill it up. And he said, that is how you get the air out of this cup. That's the only way. That's probably my phone. That's probably my bad. (laughs) I was like, you know what? I think I forgot to turn my volume down. In the Christian life, D.L. Moody went on to explain, sometimes we feel, if we're going to have spiritual victory, we feel like we have to just clean up our life on our own and just suck up all the evil out of our life. I got to just like, on my own, just grit. Just use my own grit and pull it all out. We're going to get really frustrated if that's our approach. If our approach is just do it on your own willpower, clean your life up, we're going to be really frustrated. Spiritual victory comes from being filled by the Spirit of God.
The Spirit of God has been given to us for this very purpose. Victory is found in Him. We must learn to rely more upon the Spirit. To do that, we also must learn, be careful not to knock that over, we also must learn to listen. Learn to listen to the voice of the Spirit. We don't, I don't do that well with this. I'm doing my best to grow better in this regard. To learn to recognize the voice of the Spirit. When the Spirit is speaking, when I think the Spirit is speaking and I find out that wasn't the Spirit, because the enemy is clever and masquerades as a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. But he, it says in the Bible that he comes as an angel of light. So there are times that I even think that this is the voice of the Spirit and it is not the voice of the Spirit. And then there are those times where I know this is not the voice of the Spirit. But as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, I need to be in tune with the Spirit and know what the Spirit is saying. And just as much as I need to know what the Spirit is saying for me to do this, I need to know what the Word of God is saying. Because the voice of the Spirit and the Word of God are never going to be contrary to one another. So as you and I study the Word of God, we are going to become better listeners of the Spirit. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26 this morning. Beginning with verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, but the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under, what's the next word? Law. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Paul has been talking about, he's been saying over and over again in Galatians, you are not under the law. What law? The Mosaic law. You are not under the Mosaic law. Don't put yourself back there. And, and, and now he is saying, and he's been kind of saying, grace or law? What's it going to be? Grace or law? In this, in this particular passage, he's saying law or spirit? What's it going to be? Law or the spirit? What is it going to be? Notice that he says, if we live by the Spirit, we won't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Think about Paul in Romans, where he says verses that I relate to. The very things that I don't want to do, man, those are the things that I do. Who is going to help me? This wretched man. Thanks be to God who has given victory through Jesus Christ. That is how 
this wretched man is helped. This, this battle, this inner conflict, this turmoil that is going on inside of me. The things I don't want to do, I do. The things I know I should do, I don't do. This battle that goes on. Paul talks about this battle. And he says, hey, there is a battle. What's the battle between? It is between the spirit and your flesh. There is conflict. Do you like conflict? Absolutely not. No one likes conflict. I despise conflict. I I do whatever I can to avoid it. And you probably do too. We don't like to just jump into conflict. No one's like, hey, sign me up for that. We don't do that. No. There is conflict between the Spirit of God and our old sinful nature. And just because we have placed our faith in Jesus, don't believe for a moment that our sinful nature has been so suppressed that we don't have to worry about it. If that's the case, if that is our idea, we're defeated. We are defeated. There is a battle raging. If you don't know there's a battle, you are losing. Understand there's a battle. There is conflict. Recognize the conflict that is taking place. Wise up. Know there's a battle. Know that what the Spirit of God wants to do in my life is not what I am going to just naturally do if I go with my old sinful self. They are at odds. How much joy can a believer have if a believer chooses to ignore the Spirit of God? No joy. Some of the most unhappy Christians, I believe, are legalistic Christians. Christians who take that which is good and make it essential. Legalistic Christians are unhappy. And Christians who ignore the voice of the Spirit and who live gratifying the sinful nature. If we believe there is freedom there because, hey, I can just go live however I want, that's bondage. That is bondage. Do you have joy in your life? Is there joy in your life? Joy comes from walking with God. When, when it says to live by the Spirit, the Greek word of is a, it's a word that implies walk, but it's not just walk by the Spirit. It means walk, keep on walking. The verb tense is keep on walking. In other words, hey, you're walking, keep doing it. So you are walking with the Spirit today. Tomorrow is a new day. You're going to choose this again. And the next day, you're going to choose this again. Keep walking. Keep doing this. My my victory today is not enough to carry me for the rest of this week or for tomorrow or even because I'm sinful, even this afternoon or the next moment. Keep on being led by the Spirit. Keep walking with the Spirit. That's what Paul is getting at here. Live by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. As you do this, you are not going to give in to your sinful desires. I'm going to read on before I do. I'm going to be honest with you. This list here, it can make us feel uncomfortable. Paul is going to give us a list of sins. 
can make us feel uncomfortable for a, a number of reasons and a couple of reasons why I'm going to say it can make us com- uncomfortable today is for this. It might make us feel like I don't measure up. That list describes me. That's, that is a description of me. And that can make me feel uncomfortable. I, I don't like that. Please, don't allow this list to push you away from the Savior. This list is designed to draw you to the Savior. This list is designed to cause you to say, that's me. I don't like it. I don't want it. I recognize this is unhealthy. God, I need a Savior. And you have offered a Savior. The other thing this list can do to us is this list can cause us to become prideful. Why do I say it can cause us to become prideful? Because when we read the list of sins, there can be a part of us that says, I don't really struggle with that sin, but I know who does. See, we're human. We all think the same way. Well, at least I'm not like that. See, I I know the sins that I kind of struggle with, but these other sins here, oh, not a struggle. Actually, it's never even been a struggle for me. There there can be that part of us, and it, it can cause us to be proud. And why would we be proud of this? Only because we have believed a lie, and that lie is this. Some sins are worse than others. My sin is not as offensive to God. My sin is on the okay list. But these other sins are not. No. That is incorrect theology. All sin is offensive to God. And you and I must recognize that the sin that you and I struggle with is just as offensive to God as anything else. With that in mind, look at this list in verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. They are clear. Ready for them? Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Stop. Now, I'm not going to go in depth on these. Bible scholars have kind of clumped these together in three or four, about four categories, I would say. I'm not, I don't want to go in depth on them. Again, I want you to recognize the sinful nature. Notice that it says, and the like, meaning this is not an exhaustive, comprehensive list. We could add on to this. This gives us an overview. This is the sinful nature. When the sinful nature is living as a sinful nature wants, this is what it produces. This is the fruit of the sinful nature. 
This is what happens when I live like I want to live. Here it is. If you and I read this and we say, I'm guilty. This needs to do this within us. I need a Savior. I need a Savior. I need Jesus. Now that last verse that I read is a, is a verse that we read and it's hard to hear, isn't it? I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I am not the greatest theologian. I am not like the answer to everything. But let me just kind of throw a couple things out here. First off, Paul has said these words before in other letters. Can we allow the weight of this to hit us? Can we allow the weight of this to hit us? Because there is part of this as 21st American evangelical Christians that want to say, <laughs> doesn't matter. There's that part of us. Can we allow the weight of this to hit us? Those are some strong words there, aren't they? Those are strong words. I don't like those words. I don't like those words because I'm looking at that, at that and I'm a believer. And there are, there are things on this list that I'm struggling with in my own life. And yet Paul is saying, hey, those who live like this. Now let me add another dimension here. In light of Scripture, meaning all of Scripture, grace, which Galatians have been talking about, I really believe it is best to understand these words in this way. Those who live like this, who are habitually in this pattern and sense no remorse, and do nothing about it. The kingdom of God is not for them. The apostle John in 1 John said, Hey, if you claim to be without sin, you're a liar. The truth is not in you. Meaning, he understood that there is sin. There is a sin nature. And though I have been bought... By Jesus' blood, I struggle, and you struggle. And my sinful nature, it's evident. I think the difference is if my attitude is, I can sin and I have no remorse, and I do nothing about it, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. If you can sin and you, have, you don't care, there's something wrong. Check your birth certificate. Find out if you are truly, are you truly a child of God? Let's read on. The fruit that the Spirit produces. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I want you to notice that verse there too. In light of Galatians. Against such things there is no law. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Period. That is what the Spirit produces. That is life in the Spirit. Again, I'm not going to go into detail about the fruit. If you want to go into detail, join the class that Ron and Dave are leading on the fruit of the Spirit and go in further detail there. But you can see this, can't you? Two lists, and they couldn't be more opposite of each other, could they? Totally opposite. One is completely all about me, what I want, what gratifies me, what my sinful nature longs for. The other, can my willpower produce this to a certain degree? You know, the Pharisees, they did the best they could with their willpower to do everything right. But you know what? I need the Spirit of God to empower me to live in such a way. And for me to have spiritual victory over my flesh, I need the Spirit of God empowering me. You need the Spirit of God empowering you. Now, can you hear this this morning? This is process. Did you catch that? This is process. I have known a few people in my life <clears throat> who have, they, they had rough backgrounds, really rough backgrounds. Got saved. And when they got saved, God did something miraculous took away their former struggles, took them away completely. I have known some people like that, but I'm going to tell you this, very few. I have known very few people like that. Majority of people I have known who have had, had really tough backgrounds, and it's not just people with really tough backgrounds, it's all of us. I think we're all in the boat together. It has been, hey, I'm saved, but I'm still struggling. Man, I'm still just struggling day after day. I really, I really struggle to break free of this addiction. I really struggle to change my outlook on life. I really struggle to change my attitude, my anger, or to have more control. I, I struggle. That is usually the story that I am confronted with with people. And that is, the own, that is my own story. That's why I say this is process. If you want a quick fix, it's probably not going to happen. So please don't grow discouraged. My encouragement for you today is this. Walk and keep walking. One foot after the other. Walk and keep walking. Learn to be controlled by the Spirit of God. When I was younger, and it's not just when I was younger, but <clears throat> there were some things that I was confronted with. Areas of sin in my own life. Areas of addiction. There are some sins that are very, very addictive. 
And you look at this, this list and you can recognize that, you know what, some of these are very addictive in nature. Now, all sin is addictive, but there are some that are addictive. There was part of me that, that grew very frustrated, thinking, God, why don't you just take this away? God, I just wish you would just remove this. And there's, there's part of me that almost at times wanted to just throw in the towel and say, that's it, I'm done. I'm not even going to try anymore. That is the voice of the enemy. Recognize that. That is the voice of the enemy. Don't give up. Press on. Walk. Day after day, keep on walking. And you know what? For me, spiritual victory in certain areas of my life came by never giving up. And when I would mess up, coming clean to God my Father, who was willing to extend His forgiveness to me time and time again, and to say, you know what? I messed up, but to recognize it, not just like sweep it under the rug, but to recognize it and say, I messed up. God, I am ashamed of myself. God, I confess this to you as sin. And to recognize that in that he would forgive me. God, my desire is to press on. And God, by your empowerment, I will do so. And you know what? Over time, and when I say time... I'm only 41. Some of you that is old, some of you that's young. But at 41, looking over my life, there are times where I would say, you know what? There were certain things in my life where it took years, a few years, for God to actually get a hold of me. But God was working in my heart, and He accomplished His purposes. And there's been some areas where I found victory. There are some areas where I want greater victory today. And I trust that when I'm 51, if God gives me those years, I will say, you know what? Because I am dependent on the Spirit, God is moving me into greater Christ-likeness. You and I have a lifetime where we can grow dependent upon the Spirit. If you are young, don't become bothered the sense that, how come I don't have it all right now? How come I'm just not as I want to be? I have all these things. If you're middle-aged, don't grow weary because you're like, hey, I should be further along if you are an elderly person. Don't grow weary because you might have this attitude of, I should be a lot further now. Recognize where you are. Recognize where you want to go. And move. Walking, dependent upon the Spirit of God, He indwells you. Are you listening to His voice? Now, we're going to come to the communion table here. And before we do, I want to recognize the list, the very first list that we looked at. Again, Do not allow the very first list to keep you away from God. Jesus came to die for people in the first list. You better believe it. That's his heart. That is who God sent his son for. 
So don't allow conviction of sin to push you away from the cross. Allow conviction of sin to draw you to the foot of the cross. Because when we are drawn there, we find forgiveness. That's what God longs for. I know many of you have placed your faith in Christ. But before we come to this table, I just want to ask you this. Do you have a relationship with God which comes only through Jesus? And again, it is Jesus only. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Do you have that relationship? I'm going to give you an opportunity. I don't do this very often. I was talking with, I've talked with a couple of people, and I've, as a pastor, I have wondered, well, how often do I do this? I don't know everyone's hearts, but I want to just give you an opportunity. If, if you have not placed your faith in Jesus, do so now, before we come to this table. This table is recognizing Jesus, who came, died on the cross for your sin. was buried, three days later, rose again. That is the gospel. That is the main thing. That is essential. And that is what we stay focused on. But can we be honest? That religion can keep us sometimes from seeing that. Our own morality can keep us from recognizing that. Don't be blinded by that. I just invite you to close your eyes if you're comfortable with that. Bow your heads if you want. You don't have to. It's up to you. But I ask you, and I trust that as I have been teaching this morning, that God is speaking. And I don't know where you are at. If you have a relationship, thank God for that. If you don't have a relationship with Him, allow the Spirit to speak to you because He is speaking. He is speaking right now. If you would say, I don't have a relationship with God my Father. Then perhaps you might pray a prayer simply like this. Lord, I understand that I am sinful. I understand that my sin has broken my relationship from you. And I come to you today understanding that I need you. God, I trust that you sent Jesus. Jesus came. He died on the cross. He was buried He rose again. That proves that He is God, and I thank You for that. Lord, I place my faith in Jesus, and I ask Him to forgive me of my sin and give me new life. Thank You, Lord, for saving me. While your eyes are closed, I want to just ask you, not that it's most important for me, but I ask you if there is anyone here today that is just saying, I prayed that prayer. If that's the case, would you just raise your hand?
I don't know if there's anyone, but I want to give you the opportunity to acknowledge that. Is there anyone? God, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that you provide salvation for us. Be with us as we take communion together. Now, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This time, I'm going to invite the elders to come forward. As they come forward, Arliss will keep on playing. The bread and the cup will be distributed. I'm going to ask that you would take the bread and take the cup and just hang on to it until we all come together. And then we'll come together and we will share in this together. Take this time also as a believer just to, just to talk with God, to express your thankfulness. God, thank you for having a plan. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that I can be forgiven. And then we'll come back together.